You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Like I, like I said at the beginning, I was, I was very disappointed Saturday night, last Saturday when I started getting sick because I was so excited to be here. I was ready to be here. The Lord had shown me powerful and amazing things and I was so excited to share them with you and to be a part of it together and to, to bring you in on what the Lord was showing me. And then I got sick. Uh, and food poisoning is super fun. Um, if you want quick weight loss, that's the way to do it. Uh, if you don't, then I don't recommend it. I don't know what I ate, um, but I'll never eat it again. But uh, we, uh, as I was praying in, in the shower, because I was just feeling horrible and I needed hot water, and I was sitting there praying, I said, Lord, if, if this is for tomorrow, I'll, be, I'll wake up and I'll be ready to go. And I woke up and I was not ready to go. I couldn't put on my pants without feeling like I was going to pass out. So I said, okay, can't do this. And that's for the last uh, minute nature of a lot of the things that happened last week. But I want to thank, first of all, my staff, the pastors, fellow pastors here that just made it work. It was, uh, from what I got to see, it was a beautiful service. And so just thank you guys very much for doing that and covering for me. And, um, and anyways, as I was thinking, I was laying there in bed at home by myself and just talking to the Lord and just having some fellowship. It was, the house was really quiet and the Lord just says, do you know what next Sunday is? It's like Easter Sunday. And he just kind of sat there and waited for me to get it. Sometimes I'm slow. He said, yep, Easter Sunday. And that is, I was like, oh, resurrection day. Yes, Jesus, the right answer. All right, I was a good Sunday school kid. And again, it took a couple more seconds. I'm, I'm grateful that the Lord is patient and has a sense of humor, but I finally got it. And I recognized that this word that I had prepared two weeks ago was for today. And so I'm really excited to share it with you. I'm excited to be a part of this with you. I'm excited uh, that we get to do this together. That's, that's been one of the cool things that I get, I've been able to share with Kai just over the last couple of hours, the last 24 hours it's that, that we are in this together, that I am for you and you're for me. We are created for one another. No one gets stuck or stagnant. When one struggles, they get, they, they get to be surrounded. We are not meant to be stuck or stagnant. That is not in our design. That is not who we are meant to be. We are meant to be surrounded in these moments and propelled forward by one another. And when we isolate ourselves, as we've seen in our own stories, we've seen how we become stagnant and how we become stuck. But that is not the intent and that is not the design and it's a beautiful thing to get to articulate these things to a child that when one thrives, they are surrounded by those who love them and are for them and they all get to thrive together. We walk through this together. As the Lord parted the sea, it is not just for one of us to walk through alone but all of us together, amen? That we could arrive, arrive in the promises of God together. I've told you this 
When I took over, the first vision that the Lord revealed to me that I would not be out in front leading everyone, but that we would be hand in hand walking together into the glory of the Lord from one degree to the next. That we would be together stepping into the, to the promises and provision of God and everything that He has for us together. That we could praise Him together. That we could worship Him together. And that's what we talked about uh, two weeks ago when I was, or three weeks ago when I was able to preach we talked about Exodus 15, and if you have your Bibles, go ahead and go there. We'll have it up on the screen in just a little bit. But Exodus 15, we know this to be Moses's Miriam's song, right? This is their song. What it's also known as is uh, the redemption song. The redemption song. And we talked about this, and we got to study this and look at this, and, and look at this reality of how many of us have been redeemed and then this is our song. We saw the testimony of the Israelites that they walked through the sea, the Red Sea that was parted for them after they had been delivered from the hands of the Egyptians. And now they're, they're at the shore and they think that they're doomed. They have little faith. Immediately they turn back to this mentality of slavery. Immediately they return back to what is familiar even though it is death. They return to it. And what was the word from the Lord? And this is a word that the Lord spoke to us, this house, Many months ago, he said, say yes and move forward. And he says this to Moses. Why do you cry out? Move forward. He had already given them the command. Move forward. It does not matter if there is not a path in front of you that you can see. I have told you to move forward. There is provision in the steps ahead. Amen. He goes before us. He is not just behind us. Oftentimes we get stuck in this mentality that the Lord is only behind me. Or he's right next to me. And that's good and that's true, but he is also before you. He has gone before you. He has established your victory before you have even arrived at the moment where you needed victory. He has established it for you. The provision for today was established for you many, many, many years ago. Amen? He goes before us. We may not see the path, but that does not mean that there isn't one. Amen? And the Israelites saw this path. As the sea opened up, they saw this path and they walked through and they saw their enemy destroyed in a moment. Let's read this, Exodus 15, verse 1. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God. And I will praise him, my father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his hosts he cast into the sea. And his chosen officers were sunk in the Red Sea. The floods covered them. They went down into the depths, into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow your adversaries. You send out your fury. It consumes them like stubble. At the blast of your nostrils, the water, waters piled up. The floods stood up in a heap. The deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My desire shall have its fill of them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. You blew with your wind, and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome and glorious deeds, doing wonders? 
You stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. Powerful. I love, I love this passage. I particularly love when he just simply breathes out of his nose. I, was care- I gotta be careful, it's allergy season. I could have sent something, something glorious your way. But all he did was exhale out of his nostril and he destroyed their enemies. I love that because it's applicable to us. It is effortless for God to destroy those that would stand against us. They are not equals. The powers of darkness are not equal. Because by the simple exhale from the Lord's nose, they are destroyed. And not just destroyed, their generations are wiped out. Egypt was never the same the day they pointed their their aim and they pointed their wrath towards the Israelites, the people of God. They were destroyed. And not just the armies, but generations of Egyptians destroyed that sought to destroy God's people. He will wipe out anything that stands against you because you are God's elect. Amen. Amen. He destroys our enemies. He is for you. Not just that. He is again. He is above everything that we face. Everything that we will face. He has elevated us from these things as well. Because we are seated in Jesus in heavenly places. Amen. He has elevated us. He has invited us into this covenant that He made with Himself. He has elevated us into heavenly places. He has adopted us. He has put His mark upon us. That we are not just servants. We are not slaves. We are sons and daughters, co-heirs with Christ. That is the level of elevation in which you have received. You sit next to Christ in glory. In heavenly places. Amen? Amen? That is who you are. Do you believe it? That you are above what you face. It has no power over you. It has no power to define your life. To to hold you down. You hold the power. Amen? Amen. Exodus 15, uh, 20. This is Miriam's little chorus. Then Miriam and the, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a tambourine in her hand and all women went out after her with tambourines and dancing and Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord. For he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. This is appropriate. We have talked about in this house, church, we have talked about the importance of praise over the last several weeks. And the importance of it, it is to be our response as the Lord does exactly what he said he would do. And is the Lord not doing exactly what he said he would do? He is absolutely doing exactly what he said he would do. He is stirring up the waters. He is creating new things. He is bringing newness of life to Sundown, Texas and West Texas in its entirety. I, I, I shared this with Sunday school. I love when this happens. I love, I love being a part of, of Sundown Church. One of the reasons that might be odd, I love it, is because no one knows of it. Like the rest of the world does not know about Sundown Church. There are, well, let me rephrase The rest of America does it. There's a lot of the world that knows about Sundown Church, which is amazing. But 
so I'll get to listen to these pastors that I've looked up to. I get to listen to their teachings on their podcasts and things. They don't know I exist. They don't know I'm listening. They don't know of Sundown Church. And I will hear in their word, in their message, revelation from the Lord, and it's the same revelation He's released here. Amen? It's powerful. It is powerful. It is profound. I heard revelation Uh, The same revelation that Carrie shared with us about the praising and the stomping of the ground and how it will break the ground open and the glory of the Lord will be released. And then what did we see happen? We saw revival break out. As people pursued the Lord, as they praised God, and the glory of the Lord was ushered in. And we're seeing it nonstop. It has not ceased. Just because the news isn't covering it anymore does not mean that the move of God has stopped. Amen? Amen. The move of God is going. He is all-consuming. Amen? The key, church, to us beholding the Lord, to understanding His kingdom and carrying His power and authority and love and kindness in this season, that we may reclaim what has been lost, to walk in right relationship with Him again, is held in this redemption song. As we discussed several weeks ago, it speaks of His identity. It speaks of The Lord being loyal and faithful. These are not attributes. This is who He is. He is faithful. Amen? Faithful is His name. Revelation 19.11 Then I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. The one sitting on it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness He judges and makes war. He is faithful. And He never stops being who He is. Amen? Praise God for that. There is no variation. There is no shadow of turning. In Christ our Lord. There is no variation. He is who He is. He is who He has always been. And He is faithful. Even when we seek to turn from Him. And to turn from who we are. He never turns from us. Amen. Amen. For He is the author. He is the perfecter. He is the creator. He is the designer. This is who He is. And we talked about several weeks ago. How we have become disconnected from design. And we have taken ownership of a position. And this is just in the world as a whole. We have taken ownership of a position that is not ours. We are not creator. But we have taken ownership of the design. And what that has done is that has elevated us to Lord over our lives. And that is not a seat that we are meant to hold. That is not a seat that we are meant to sit in. We are not the designer. We are not the perfecter. We are not the creator. And we have, been, we have become disconnected from the design of things as the Father intended. And one of those, and maybe the most important truth that we've forgotten, that we've become disconnected, is that, again, we are not the Lord of our lives. He formed you. He, you did not form you. How many of you created yourself in your mother's womb? No, none of us. This, just in case you're confused, not a one of you. The Lord did this. He formed you. But we have, set the, we have set ourselves on the throne of our lives. And then we try to do and we try to move in the name of the Lord. And how many of you know that you cannot, you cannot know a heart that you have rejected? How could I know you if I've rejected you? But we operate in this place of, oh, I do know Him. No, you know your idea of Him. Because it is, you've created this being. That is not the God that we worship. That is not the God of the Bible. That is not faithful. 
That is not loyal and true. That is not who he is. When we elevate ourselves to lordship in our own stories, it is impossible to know the heart of God and to do his bidding. But we see a lot of Christians, unfortunately, that are lord of their lives, that are seeking to do the will of God, and they will miss the mark every time. That cannot be us as we go forward into new things. We cannot reject him and live for him. We have unfortunately viewed his lordship of our lives. I don't know why. I still find myself wanting to check into this lie. But we view the lordship of our lives as a limitation of my life. Just think about it for a second. To submit and to allow him to be lord of your lives. It has, it, it has existed. I, I grew up in church. It has always been viewed, not spoken, but viewed as a limitation. Everyone will hear the pastor say it and they'll all agree. And in their hearts like, no, I've got things I want to do. I've got places I want to be. I've got things I've got I want to become. And if I give my life to the Lord, I'm going to be limited in those things. How many of us know that is so far from reality? That is not the truth. The day he became Lord of my life is the day that my dreams became, became true and became reality. All that I have, this moment, a dream of witnessing my children receive the Holy Spirit for themselves, that their faith would become their own, only made possible because he is Lord and I am not. He is Lord and Sarah is not. That is, that is the only way this happens. And we just gave, all we did was give the freedom for the Lord to do in Kai what he needed to do and to begin to work in him because we were not Lord of our lives. Is that always easy to do? No. Is it really easy to check into that throne room and sit yourself up there on that seat? And the Lord will remove himself every time. Like, oh, I think I'd sit in that chair for a little bit. He'll stand up and be like, all right, take a crack at it. How many of us always end up in turmoil, strife, frustration, lost, confused? Every time. Not when the Lord is Lord of our lives. We cannot reject Him and live for Him. And His Lordship over our lives is not a limitation. First thing we need to recognize is Galatians 2.20. is that I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives, me, who lives in me. How can you be Lord if you are dead? What do dead things produce? Dead things. If I, how many of you, this is not to, if you don't believe in Jesus, I love you, we'll talk after. How many of you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Amen. Believe that he died for your sins. Amen. Raised, was risen from the grave three days later. Amen. Went to be in heaven and then released the Holy Spirit that we could be filled with the indwelling presence of God. And establish the kingdom of heaven here on earth right now. Amen. We all believe this. Amen. Then you have all died back then when that moment happened for you. It is not you that lives in this room. It is Christ that lives in you. Amen? Amen. How can a dead thing be Lord? How can a dead thing produce life? A dead thing is dead. Period. Amen? Amen. We've got to understand that. We've got to keep ourselves in check of that. Parker a lot of times tries to act like he's still alive. And he, has, he oftentimes remembers that he's dead when the fruit of, of what he's trying to do is produced in front of him. It's like, well, that, 
That's a dead thing. Because Parker is dead, and he's trying to create life, and he can't do it. He can only produce death. His lordship is not a limitation. But our understanding has simply been what's limited. Our understanding of the lordship of Christ in my life has been the limitation. When you submit to his rule, when you submit to his reign, you are restored back to the original design that the Lord has always intended for you since the dawn of time. You are restored. What is this ministry of reconciliation? Connecting the world back to the Father again as it was meant to be and existed in the garden. That he could walk amongst us and we could walk amongst him as he did with Adam and Eve. The ministry of reconciliation, that he could be connected to us, that he could be a part of us, that he could fill us again. You are restored to original design. A design that you are made for. His lordship over your life and your obedience to it is the design. And think of all it took. Think of all that it took to restore this design. The series of events that had to happen. This masterful plan of God that he has brought us to this place where we are now filled with the Holy Spirit. Think of the testimony of Scripture and everything that he said he would do that he did that would lead us to this point where we would, we would pray and we would witness a miracle take place right here. We'd witness a miracle take place right there. We would see all of these things happen. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Think of everything that had to happen to get us to this day. How many of you in here have the creativity to create such a plan? How could this be designed by man? It goes so far beyond anything that we could ever fathom or understand. It goes so far beyond anything that we could ever comprehend. We can now, we can communicate with Him, church, and establish His presence here on earth. Have you ever just been caught in one of those moments where you're having a conversation with God and you're like, I'm having a conversation with God. This is nuts. Like, this is crazy. This is powerful. This is amazing. I pray for you that that would never be lost. That the fact that the, the God that exhaled and all that we know was created... And it has never ceased to be created. It continues to be created each and every day. This universe that he spoke into existence continues to exist. This God that with the mere exhale of his nostrils will destroy everything that stands against you. And you get to converse with him like a friend. A best friend. One who knows you better than you know yourself. And you can know him better than you know anyone else. Powerful. God's redemption plan being for those who killed him. And through the crucifixion, through the resurrection, through the ascension and the release of the Holy Spirit, we have been redeemed to be connected again and establish his presence here on earth. Now you tell me, reflecting upon the plan, the masterful plan that has led us to this moment and all that is held within this moment, which part of that sounds limiting? He did all that he did so that you would be put into a confined little space, a little cubicle of heaven? No. 
There is no limitation over you. For freedom, he set us free. Not for bondage. Not for confinement. We just simply don't understand the freedom that we've been given. We don't understand. We, we've heard this before, but we have been, we have been released upon this earth. A power and authority. We have been released. Filled with the presence of God. Amen. That doesn't sound like a limitation to me. We have resurrection power. Amen. We have power over death. We have been invited to carry such power. We have been invited to carry resurrection power. That we could see many signs and wonders. That we could lead many people to Jesus. That we could hear through power and revelation. We could hear the voice of God and know exactly what He's doing right here, right now. And be the hands and feet that administer such a power and such a move. But how? We must say yes. This is the first thing and nothing can happen until this happens first. We must say yes to His Lordship over my life. He is Lord and I am not. Our obedience to His Lordship is the key to carrying His authority. I, I want authority. I want signs and wonders. I want the miraculous nature of God to be made known. We are making, he is making his appeal through us. And if he still speaks, guess what he also still does? Signs and wonders, amen? amen. Is there still a need for him today? Yes. Absolutely, the need is not diminished. So anyone that tells you there's no need for it, we've got Advil now. Just be quiet. Okay, that's not it. That's not it. The Lord has not changed. He is still who He is because what is His name? His name is faithful and true. There is no shadow of turning. There is no variation in Him. But to carry His authority, I must say yes to His Lordship. I must walk in obedience to His Lordship. And we can't be friends. I want to be friends. I want, to be, I want Him to be my best friend. He is my best friend. But I, I can't just get there and be friends with the creator of the universe if I am unwilling to say yes to his lordship and take up his authority so that I may reveal his glory. Amen? Because it's not me living and it's not my life, but his. I've, I've gotten to share this story several times over the last couple of weeks, but one of, one of the most proud, one of the things I'm most proud of in my life, it's on the list, is that my father stood next to me when I said my vows to my wife. He was my best man and is to this day one of my dearest and best friends. Has he always been my best friend? No, he was my father first. There were a lot of days where I was like, turn around and I'm gonna smack you because he was being a good dad. He said no. He taught me what obedience was. I had to respect his authority over my life and the fact that the Lord had given me to him to steward. And once I could say yes and respect his authority and say yes to him and walk in obedience, then I found a friend. Not before. All of us know, you men in here know, the conversations, hard conversations that you've had with your dad and you're just like, he doesn't get it. He doesn't get me. 
what I'm going through. And then you get into adulthood and you look back, you're like, I can't tell him this, but he nailed it. <laughs> I can't do it. I don't want to tell him. But he nailed it. He was my father first. I had to honor and respect his authority, walk in obedience to the things that he asked of me. But in that, in doing that, I found a friend. Colossians 1.27 says to them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of his mystery, which is in which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We have been invited into this church. We have been invited into power and authority to make known the mystery of Christ. But first, we must say yes to his lordship, and then we get to take up his authority. He has made it available to you. Exodus 14, we saw Moses say yes to his lordship. We saw him stretch out his staff. And what did we see come from it? Authority over the waters. Was it Moses' authority? No, it was the Father's who's in heaven. It flowed from him because he said yes. He walked in obedience and that positioned him for a place of seeing and being a vessel for it to flow the authority of God into the world. And he stretched out his staff in obedience and there was authority. And the waters parted. And his people saw a path where there was no path. Amen? We are more than conquerors, church. Going out now to reclaim what has been lost and silence the voices seeking to keep us stagnant. We are more than conquerors. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. I didn't mean to put all that, Zach, but we're just going to read it anyways now that's up there. My bad. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Those are the voices that say you can't, that say you're not enough, and they seek to keep you down in places you no longer belong. But when you say yes to his lordship, you're able to take up his authority and you are able to take captive those things that seek to keep you where the Lord would not have you stay. But we cannot leave those places while sitting on the throne of our lives. Do you hear what I'm saying? The Lord has greater and more wonderful things for us. He is calling us out. He is calling us into and to reclaim things that we have allowed the enemy to steal from our camp. We read this story of David. As they're off fighting, the enemy comes and they take the women and children in their possessions. And the Lord said through this story, I am giving you permission to go out and reclaim that which you thought was lost to you. To claim it back. And he claimed it back effortlessly. And he said, not only will you reclaim it, but you will reclaim it for those who cannot reclaim it for themselves. You will bring it back. And they will be rewarded with, with this freedom and with these things that you have brought back to them just as, though they were, just as if they were with you the whole time. I'm wondering, church, if we can press into that today. I told you that I had a profound moment several weeks ago. And I had a profound moment yesterday, and maybe I should start with that. I, I was mowing the daycare and mowing the church, and I, 
I love doing that. Because it's, I, I love working for this house. I love, I love making it pretty. It's fun. I enjoy it. And it's also time with just the Lord. And I, oftentimes I put on a podcast uh, from different pastors and I put on the newest podcast from a pastor out at Bethel called, uh, his name is Chris Valentin. Jay's mentioned him several times. He's an amazing man. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know I exist. He doesn't know Sundown Church. And I told you this earlier, but I love that because I love just getting to hear the unity and the spirit from places that are not connected to us. Does that make sense? I love it. Just the testimony, it's so exciting. And I had had put in me this desire from the Lord to begin to talk about a man and a woman as the Lord has designed them to be and exist at the very foundation of who they are, man and woman. To, to look at gender and what the Lord has created this person to be, this man to be. From in the very beginning when he created Adam and breathed life into him, what were his hopes and desires for that man and all men that would come after? And as I start listening to this podcast, wouldn't you know, they're starting a series where he is going to begin to teach on who a man is meant to be and called to be in the heart of God. And I'm just sitting there, I'm just chuckling. People are driving by, they probably think I'm insane because I got tiny headphones so you probably can't see. I'm just laughing and like talking to myself. So if you hear of anything, just tell them this story so they don't think I'm crazy. Uh, but the Lord set that, this, this series that we're going to start in Sunday school up several weeks ago because I was just out one Monday evening feeding my horses and I just finished and I, I had shut the barn door and I was walking out and I got hit with this overwhelming sense of failure. I mean, it felt like somebody was inside my chest and punched me right in the heart. I, it, I was right next to uh, my hitching post where I tied my horses, and I had to grab it because I almost went to my knees. And I didn't know what the heck was going on. I was so confused. And the only thing I heard right there in that moment is this is not about a single thing that you have done. It's like, okay, then why am I overwhelmed with this sense of failure? And I go inside, and something the Lord has also taught me is to bring my wife in on these moments, and I just share it with her. And as I share it with her, like, I don't know what the heck's going on, but I just got hit with this overwhelming sense of failure. And I sit down at the kitchen table, and I'm like, I'm bewildered. But because I shared it with my wife, the Lord gave me the next piece of revelation. So that's a lesson in and of itself. If you're married, you're meant to do it together, not apart from one another. Amen. And there is revelation and power that will come as you bring the other in on what the Lord is showing you. Okay? Anyways, I sit down and the Lord begins to list all these men in my mind. He just, I mean, like the wheel of fortune. But the list is just getting bigger and bigger and they're just going around. And I'm seeing these names. And the Lord said, this is, a, this is a sense and a feeling of failure that is coming from a spirit of discouragement. And it is overtaking men right now, especially Christian men. And as I went over the last few weeks, I have had conversations with men and I began to articulate this, this, this moment and share with them this sense, of, this sense of failure. And I have not found a single man that has not been able to articulate exactly what I'm talking about. And as I said, this is not attached to anything that you have done. This is attached to a spirit of discouragement. This is seeking to keep you where the Lord would not have you stay. 
And every one of them is just, it's, it's like a weight was lifted off of them. It was profound. It was, it was amazing. And the Lord just, he, he then added to the vision. He, he showed me the men of this house, the men that were here. The men in this house. He, he showed them in the row, center aisle. And on the outer edge, all around them were the women of this church. And we removed that spirit of discouragement. Because it is time for the men of God to lead a move of God again. It is time for the men of God to say yes of His Lordship because if I do not say yes to His Lordship, what hope is there for the rest of my family? Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.